Hey, hey, hey. This is the Red Flag Morning Podcast. Now, all of us have been, most of us have been in relationships where we have seen red flags. Some of us have seen black flags and have ignored them. Well, this podcast is a reminder that when you ignore red flags, the longer you ignore red flags, the worse your life becomes. Because the person who is sending the flags may be thinking like, so my partner doesn't notice the red flags or he or she isn't saying anything about them. So they must be accepting of my behavior. And the red flag sender's behavior will get much worse. Take the case of Jennifer and her high school, well, her college sweetheart, Spencer. Jennifer starts off by saying, every single day of our marriage, he looked me in the eye and lied to me. This is a case of the all-American man, teacher, international guard member, coach. This is his life. After him and Jennifer gets married, 20 years after dating in college, The headline reads something like, All-American teacher, well-respected, brought up on sex charges with underage women, or his students. So, these are Jennifer's words. All of this happened during my college years, although I didn't know at the time that my life was going to turn out in shambles. She went to college at Barry, where she met Spencer. She was member of the broadcast department, and her first day going to that department, she saw her future husband sitting on the stage. He looked at her, and they smiled, and that was just it. Spencer was the was the manager of the TV broadcast station on college campus, and ever since they met. Spencer made sure that Jenny knew how he felt about her. 
every day. Walking past each other in high school, he would hand her a note. Y'all notes were corny. Like, come on now. Like, back then, she couldn't see it. I probably couldn't see it. Because I had, I've had some guys <clears throat> sometimes do exactly the same things that Spencer did to Jenny. To pull her in to blindside her. So this is one of his corny headline notes. Newsflash. It just became obvious that Spence just became the luckiest man on campus. And then another note said, Jennifer, I just can't believe it. I can't believe you chose me. I know it's not a dream, but a dream come true. Now I'm the happiest man on campus as well. And drew her, her a heart with the arrow sticking out of it. Mm. Okay. And she still had the notebook 30 to 40 years later after they met in college. As she's talking about her horror story. Now, shortly after they start dating, Spencer met Jennifer's family, and shortly after he met all of them, Jennifer's sister referred to him as Saint Spence because he was so perfect. Another red flag, nobody's that perfect. Sometimes we know, but we just don't want to admit it to ourselves. We know this is can't be true. Something's hiding. Something's going to come out sooner or later. And nine times out of ten, we are right. <clears throat> so, Spencer was a year older than Jennifer. By the time he graduated from college, Jennifer was, was still a senior. And she told him, that she no longer wanted to be in a relationship, that she wanted her last year of freedom to hang out with her friends and do what she wanted because she knew, like, that was her life and she wasn't ready to continue to be in a relationship. She was young and she wanted to experience life. So after graduation... She moved back home. She led her radio. She led the radio station for three years, and then she moved to L.A. While she was getting her life together, Spencer married somebody else, and they had a few children together. After her job in Georgia, she moved to L.A. And her first job was was with Judge Judy. She stayed with Judge Judy for four years and was nominated for two Emmys after that. 
<clears throat> then she got a job on Extreme Makeover, Home Edition. That was my, one of my favorite shows. And then when she mentioned that, I said, I knew her face from somewhere. So... Spencer was still in video production, and he did some work at a local high school. Spencer joined the International Guard while they were living their lives apart. He was married, had two kids. He went to a base where they played for the troops. He was an Eagle Scout, so that led him to want to serve his country. He played soccer on his side, and later Jennifer found out that he was really a great father. Jennifer did not get married for at least 20 years because she did not want to lower her standards. Spencer set the bar on the kind of guy she would date. Remember, Spencer gave her notes every day. He wrote her sweet little letters, called her beautiful, called her a miracle, called her his life, da-da-da-da-da, you know, all that stuff. And she was so enamored with that. So he set the bar. Although she was still dating, she thought about Spencer over the years. And oddly enough, he reached out to her on on Facebook. Oh my goodness, Facebook. Yeah, I had, he wasn't an ex, but we were dating years ago, like years ago. And he reached out to me on Facebook. Ten years ago, and I should have listened to my intuition, but I redated him, and Lord, do I regret that. Now back to Jennifer and Spencer. So, (laughs) he messaged her on Facebook. And he said, hey there, what the heck is going on? Hope life is treating you well. I would love to connect sometime. That was Spencer's message to Jennifer. The first question Jennifer asked Spencer is that, are you still married? He said, ha ha, Jennifer, you crack me up. Nope, we've been separated for four years. And then Spencer brought up the fact that he was going to be in New York. And he asked Jennifer, are you going to be in New York soon? Because I know you travel a lot for your broadcast job. Oddly enough, a week later, extreme producers asked her to go to New York to cover a show. <laughs> 
So they met up in New York, walked around, reminisced. They visited Bryant Park, Bryant Park, where they caught up on everything. And then at the end of the night, he walked her back to her hotel room after they kissed each other on the street. And a little later, he came to her hotel room and they slept together. So, this is another part where he went over the top. Her birthday was in March and he wrote her a letter every day. Every day in March. And some of these cheesy letters started off like this. My perfect Jennifer, my girlfriend, I love using that word. And they were like at least 37, maybe 40. And this is like three months after they rekindled. After After they rekindled and he said four years after him and his wife were split up. So, <clears throat> oh, another letter he wrote to her started off with, Hi, most gorgeous one. I am so lucky to have you in my life. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, stuff like that. So another thing <laughs> that threw her I don't know if it threw her for you, but it threw her mother and her stepfather for a loop, is that one day, Spencer called her mother and her stepfather and asked permission to marry Jennifer. Now, they thought this was a little tra- strange because Spencer and Jennifer were in their late 30s, maybe 40s. Hmm. Okay. But, Okay. Maybe he was just being respectful. So Jennifer decided to move back to Georgia with Spencer because that's where his kids were and he wanted to be closer to his kids. So one day, during a road trip, they stopped in Vegas to rest, grab a hotel to get some sleep. Spencer, (laughs) this is another kind of off-the-wall strange thing he did. Spencer kept a photo book of them since they were in college. A small photo book with pictures of him and her, letters and all that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go into. <laughs> I'll go into my my experience with this on another podcast. <clears throat> so she looked at the book. She looked at the book. Oh, oh, Spencer. Oh, oh. And at the end of the book, it was a picture of a ring. As soon as she got to that one last page, Spencer got down on one knee. And asked her to marry him. 
they had a beautiful wedding. I mean, it was gorgeous. But after they were married, he left her a note every day. Every day by the coffee pot. And he always asked her if she needed anything. Okay, that was nice. You know, that's what couples do. But her stepfather saw the red flag. He's like, really? What's the purpose of that? Leaving a note every day by the coffee pot. Hmm. So Jennifer's stepfather started noticing something was wrong then. He always always checked in during the day. He always asked her if she needed anything. I mean, you would say that caring, thoughtful, and he was probably probably just happy to be back with Jennifer. Somebody could brush brush it off like uh, like that. And not think it's so weird. <clears throat> so Spencer continued teaching production at the high school. He was well respected by, by everyone. Until one day, seven years into their marriage, Jennifer drove home one day excitedly because Spencer had just got back from deployment. He was always in a road either deployment or she was always on the road during production, and they really got to see each other. So she got up early, drove from her production site, <clears throat> came home, and he she noticed that he didn't come outside and greet her like he normally does. So she went in the house and saw him sitting on the couch, Shaking his head back and forth, back and forth. She asked him what was wrong. He's like, it's all over. It's all over. She's like, what's going on? He pointed to this paper on the coffee table. And she started reading it. And the headline was Search Warrant Sexual Assault High School Teacher. Before she can process everything, the police show up to arrest him. And she asks the police, What's going on? Please tell me what's going on. Why are you arresting my husband? Spencer shot out angrily. Do not tell her anything. Ooh. Ooh, child. So, her family was telling Jennifer, Jennifer, you need to take his Facebook down. He is getting rude comments because everybody believes Spencer. They believe that that um, young girl... <clears throat> Made up lies on on him. Maybe she was in fact away with him. Something caused her to make up these lies on this outstanding, all-American, perfect teacher. 
So Jennifer got into his Facebook to take it down. And somehow his Facebook led her to his email. So she clicked on this file folder that said pictures. The first picture was a naked lady. The next picture was a naked lady. Picture after picture were naked ladies in all of these intimate messages. 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 <clears throat> like, yeah. Inappropriate messages. Talking about sex. Talking about you make me feel so good. I can't wait to see you. Can we meet up, Daddy? Daddy, I need you to talk dirty to me. All this stuff. And Jennifer found out he was talking to over 60 women. And a lot of his relationships with these women were three and four years long. I don't know how he maintained these relationships for seven years. I'll be married to this woman. And she did not suspect anything. Maybe I knew, do know how. Because he showered her with gifts. He made her feel like she was the only one. He left notes for her every day by the coffee pot. He checked in constantly with her. Yeah. He he took the... He took the... Um, fear... From her before she feared anything so he made her feel comfortable she didn't have to feel like lonely or neglected because he made sure of that so ladies and men think about it if something seems too perfect nine times out of ten it is and she really didn't have any reason to doubt him or to think anything was up because he did the opposite of what cheaters do. He showered her with attention. He made sure she was taken care of. He made sure he checked in every day, even though they, they lived together. So he made sure he did the exact opposite of what most cheaters do. Gave her all the attention. Join me for next episode where I will re- will reveal more interesting down and dirty facts about Spencer and his double life. Until next time.